welcome to another episode of The Caption Life, a podcast about how comics and pop culture impact life and society and vice versa. Coming to you from deep in the heart of Texas, I'm Kevin. And from Indiana, I am Sean. Before we get started with this episode, please hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. And follow us on social media under the username at Caps and Life. You can also find out more information and past episodes at thecapsandlife.com. Hey, uh, Sean, I don't know if you know this, but I, I think it was June three years ago or two two years ago? Two years ago. Mm-hmm. When did we start this podcast? Three years ago. Three years ago. Oh, my gosh. It was before well, the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We had us a nice little run before the pandemic. And then but we were doing Zoom calls before Zoom calls were cool. OK. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this does mark this does mark the start of year four for for Sean and I, and uh, I feel mm-hmm. like the the little podcast that could because uh, we've <laughs> we've grown over time little bit by little, and we keep getting some really really fantastic guests. Uh, and today is no different. We've got a great show lined up for you. We are joined by Miss Heather Antos. She's an award winning uh, comic book editor and writer, most known for her work at Marvel's uh, Star Wars and Deadpool lines as well as one of the co-creators of Gwenpool. Now you can find her editing various titles at Image Comics, IDW, and more. Welcome to the show, Heather. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. And congratulations. Four years. It's huge. <laughs> You're Thank a toddler. You. Yes, uh, right? Yeah. In, it's <laughs> In podcast years, we're like 75. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, when we first started, we just did this like randomly whenever we could. And last year we decided that we wanted to be more consistent. So we're just happy that we've been able to consistently put out episodes as opposed to we'll do one in in March. And then, uh, you know, three months later, we put a random one out that had nothing to do with what we talked about before. So. Yeah. And we've remained friends the whole time. Yes. <laughs> that's, important. that's hard. That's the toughest part, right? I, I, there's a lot of the major podcasts that I listen to where the, the co-hosts are like, yeah, so we're in couples therapy. Like, <laughs> that's, that's the way I feel like there's like those TikToks are like relations. There are two types of people in relationships. There's a crazy person. And then there, you know, mm-hmm. there's always this, this great audio. And it's, it's most of the time that there's Sean and I fit into one of those one of those categories so i love it yes yeah it's a good balance so yeah definitely well heather thanks for joining us today and with all of our guests that come on the show we always like to start off with by asking them um the same question and that's always uh what is your comic book origin story was there someone or something that introduced you to comics what made you a comic book fan yeah i I don't know if there is ever any one thing, you know, my mom likes to say that I made my own comics before I knew what comics were. I was an avid Uh like artist and writer as a kid and was constantly like drawing and illustrating my own stories. Um, Mm -hmm. We didn't really have a local comic shop or anything like that where I grew up. I grew up in a really um, small Midwestern town, as I like to say, uh, where when you were bored, you went to Walmart to see who was hanging out there. Like, <laughs> that sounds like the small Texas town that I grew up in. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I had like the, the Sunday, like newspaper strips, like my brothers and I, like we would fight over those. Um, but it wasn't until I was in college when I took an American literature course where we had um, a segment that was on comics uh, specifically. And that's when I like, got introduced to like 
comics as literature and as an art form aside from you know growing up with Batman the animated series and, and all the television shows and movies that we all did so um kind of kind of a little like backwards journey into comics but once I started um reading them the uh, Sandman was one of the the first uh series that I read in my in my class and you know to see what Neil Gaiman and, and the group of artists they work with like what they were able to accomplish you know the levels mm-hmm. of narrative storytelling and uh and how you know full circle and, and the art and everything like it was just really really captivating to me um mm-hmm. You know, in particular, it's uh, volume two, issue six, which is a uh, 24 hour diner, um, which is one of the most uh, messed up <laughs> issues of all time. But like, yeah, it's it's a very like it's a culmination of a lot of things that came before and really impacted like, oh, you can do this. Like this is like, you know, TV without a budget done well. <laughs> um and so like that was kind of when I was like oh I want to do this I want to be a part of this and, and really dove in yeah I you know what's funny is I just read Sandman uh for the first time last year and I completely agree I I wish I read that a lot sooner because it's such a great story and what I find fascinating about it is that it's definitely a story that was molded around you know it's time because there's a lot of cultural references in there, but I think it says something that stands the test of time that it keeps getting updated and they're still putting out that story in a lot of different forms. And, you know, Netflix is coming out with a series on it because it's such a great and captivating story. And I, I not surprised that that's, you know, one of the comics that, you know, really encapsulated you. Cause I remember reading that. I was just like, Oh my gosh, I wish I, you know, knew about this sooner and, and read this like years ago because it's such a great story. So I, yeah. I, I'm I'm glad to hear you say that because that's exactly how I felt about the Sandman too. Yeah. I mean, it is as good as they say, right. It's one mm-hmm. of those where you're like, Oh man, it's overrated. I don't know. Like, is it, is it, you know, has it been ruined for me because people have hyped it up for so long and like, no, like that's one of the ones where like, it, mm-hmm. no, it, it is that good. Like it is actually that good. Yes. I'm going to yeah. be that one guy at the water cooler that stands around and nods and smiles. And is like, <laughs> yeah, that's totally right. I've never read it. <laughs> we'll on, check it out yeah. it's on my to-do list <laughs> um heather your career has been quite impressive already uh you were an assistant editor at marvel and you helped launch the star wars series back in 2015 which sold over a million copies uh you were the first woman editor-in-chief uh in esports for unicorn overseeing uh over a million hits in the first month which was a was a first for the company and now you're a senior editor at idw publishing where you're responsible for the Star Trek series and uh, other original works and your career so far, what's your proudest accomplishment or a highlight for you? Oh my goodness. Uh, I mean, I think the the proudest moment for me that I've, I've ever had, uh, I was in Indiana actually, uh, oh. in Popcon in 2019. <gasps> I was there. I was there too. I oh had a table. God. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. I was drawing all weekends. <laughs> It was a crazy time. Uh, um, that was my first uh, Comic Con, by the way. I've never been to really? a Comic Con. Yes. And I didn't know that Indiana had one. So that was my first one. I had no idea what to expect or what to experience. So that's so funny that we were there at the same time. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, <laughs> I was there. Um, but so it was while I was there that, like, I had these, like, 
gotta be late thirties, early forties, like men, multiple men coming up to my table and just like, like thanking me for creating Gwenpool and giving a character that they could bond over with their daughters like that, you know, like that's why I'm in comics, you know, is to create stories that like connect with people. And like every single time, you know, someone reads something I work with and and Gwenpool is that character that, that I think has touched like a lot of people in a very special way Mm -hmm. where, um, you know, people feel seen and, and, and in a way that they haven't with another character before, or, you know, a big part of my um, career has been, you know, creating stories that I would have wanted to read when I was growing up. Um, and that's where like characters like Gwenpool, Dr. Afra, and, and, you know, like um, stories like that come in is, you know, comics are for everyone and they should be for everyone. And, and so getting, getting like these grown ass dudes <laughs> who are like, Oh my God, thank you for creating this story about like this 16 year old girl. Um, I love her. She's great. Cause I can share it with my daughter. Like that, that is so cool. That is so, so, so cool to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and getting to see, you know, like little girls dressed as Gwenpool or Dr. Afra or like any, anything like that. Like that it's just, that's, that's so cool to like be a part of something that's so much bigger than ourselves. I have a, I have a six year old who, um, she, she's into superheroes a little bit, but especially when we're, we go to comic cons and she gets to cosplay and stuff, then she's really, really into, into them. But, uh, (laughs) she's she's we're we're doing some stuff this weekend at uh fan expo in dallas and um that's for one of the that's one of the things that i most like seeing is the is the way that stories that you love characters that you love get um passed on to like the the next generation and i think that i think unnecessarily and we've we've had guests on the podcast before and we've talked about this that like some there there's you know half of the half of the or maybe not half but there's a there's a portion of the of the fan area that you know that is critical of wokeism or saying that that we've we were trying too hard to to shoehorn these uh ideas into like the characters and whatnot but but to touch on what you were talking about about how you're seeing like providing characters for readers that they see themselves in those characters like that's just a good business model that helps you grow your, your readership. And it, it should be something that like, you know, we, we even we're responsible for creating a product that we want people to listen to. Why would we create something that only one small portion of the, of the listenership would enjoy? Like, why would we not try to branch out and make sure that there was something for everybody? And, and, and I'll give you um, kudos for, for, you know, making sure that, that there is a space for like continuing to grow characters like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, you said it best. It's like, why, if I'm going to start a bakery, why am I only making chocolate chip cookies? Right. Like Mm -hmm. there are some people who are allergic to chocolate. There are some people who just don't like it, you know? And, Mm -hmm. and just because I'm also making cupcakes and, you know, pastries, doesn't mean there's not chocolate chip cookies still there. So, uh, and, and, and so like, that's, 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 I think what is so exciting. And and also what is just so, so exciting about comics now is that, you know, 
you go to your comic shop and there's like 250 new comics every month. Like Mm -hmm. that's insane. That is like, and it's probably more than that. Right. Like, but that's, Mm -hmm. that's, that's insane. That is so crazy because it wasn't that long ago where you had two publishers and that was it. You know, you only had superhero comics and that was it. That was Mm -hmm. all you got. Um, And so like now we're at a time where like there are literally five different Spider-Man comics coming out a month. There are literally, you know, how many Batmans, how many, you know, whatever. Like (laughs) it's like Oprah, it's like Oprah standing there, you get a Spider-Man, you get a Spider-Man, you get a Batman, you get a hero. (laughs) It's truly it's insane. It's so, so, so cool to see. It's it's but in an overwhelming way. Like there was a time. (laughs) <laughs> don't do this anymore but there was a time where i tried to read every single marvel and dc comic that came out oh um <laughs> and like i was reading legit like five to ten comics every single day mm-hmm. outside of work and it was exhausting and i totally burnt myself out but i'm sure like, yeah <laughs> because there's so many yeah. like, <laughs> oh, yeah. there are so many yeah Personally, I just got back into reading comics after, you know, I've stopped reading them, I think, when I got into high school. So about five years ago, I started reading it again uh, using Marvel Unlimited. And I am just I love it. And I'm glad I got back into it. But I also feel like you, Heather, where I get so overwhelmed with the amount of content that's coming out, which is great, because just like what you said, you know, there's it seems like when you're looking through it. There's a lot of stuff that's coming out that appeals to a wider range of people than what we had before. But I'm somebody that I just want to read all that stuff and I just get overwhelmed with trying to do that. So I applaud you for doing that. And I know that if I tried doing that, I would just, you know, probably cry by the end of the day and be like, I, I love this, but this is too much. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I hit a point where like, I just stopped reading floppies for like a good couple of months. Cause I just needed, yeah. you know, I needed the mental, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mental well, break. <laughs> See, the, the, one of the things that I wanted to touch on was that the the stuff that you were t- we were talking about about like you know the five different Spider Men and, and things like that. Um, I think that's one of the ways that the big publishers avoid um, like cannibalizing themselves because there are so many different um, things for their their readers to read. You know, by by overproducing, you're not like well, we produce we make this book. People are going to be like, okay, well, I have to choose between. Um, Spider-Man and and excellent Spider-Man and amazing Spider-Man and like mm-hmm. what do I do? But there's there's something out there that like hits it for every everybody. And then mm-hmm. um, when you were talking about your analogy with a baker, one of the things that I have to like talk about with my 13 year old and the content that he um, consumes is that just because you don't like it doesn't make it bad. Right. And um, like he's like, oh well, you know, he's 13, so like everything is oh this sucks. Well, like, no, just because you didn't like it, like, doesn't mean that it's, it's not good. Um, because, because, you know, you can, you can find people who will defend the worst stuff because it, like it appeals, it appeals to them. We talk about Batman and Robin, the movie <laughs> a, a lot here recently. I love Batman Do and you, Robin. See, really? like, <laughs> yeah. That was so, my first Batman. Like, that's the first like Batman I remember. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So like for me, like I love it. It's it's, you know, it, I acknowledge it's not a great movie, but it's fun. <laughs> and it's also, but that's also like it's how I feel about Attack of the Clones. Like, yeah, is is that a good movie? 
No. Is it creepy? (laughs) Yes. Do I love it? Because I was like literally nine when it came out. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I think that's great that like, if I just say one thing and we boom, like it's a, it's a hot button thing, but like for like my child, um, he, he loves Spider-Man three. And I'm I'm like, you, you're going to lose your credibility in the nerd world if you <laughs> if you keep saying how great Spider-Man three is like, I don't want you. I don't want I want people to take you serious. Uh, I guess I give him a hard time for it, because, but he feels the same way about it as you. Like, I would I would imagine now, like, as he has refined his taste, he understands that it's not a great movie, but he loves it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. Like, I mean, part of uh, I mean, literally, my job as an editor is to do a lot of critical thinking when it comes to story. Right. And um, it's a lot of my job is asking why, why mm. does this exist? Why is this here? What is the justif- justification? What is the intention? What is the motivation? And, you know, uh, I, I think a lot of my uh, nerd friends get frustrated having conversation <laughs> with me and stuff because they want to just like oh it sucks and it's bad and I'll be like well well why 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 is it bad like what what makes it bad to you like I I genuinely want to know and a lot of times it's the well I didn't like it you know like mm-hmm. oh well the writing sucks oh well what, what about the writing sucked well because you know like I just I didn't think that this should happen well why not <laughs> you know <laughs> like, let's really break down and get to the root of uh you know, root of, root of the problem. Right. Um, and a lot of times it is, it is just, you know, it wasn't what I wanted to happen or it wasn't what I expected to happen. And so because it wasn't what I expected to happen, that makes me wrong and I feel stupid and therefore I can't be stupid or wrong. It must be bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think you hit the nail right on the head. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, there's been a lot of discussions about that as well too, is with um, people's expectations and getting, you know, um, upset that you know something didn't happen to show and they were really expecting that even though there was like no reason for them to expect it other than they you know self-projected that whole idea so yeah i, I think and I, I think that's you know that's something that's just happening in fandoms a lot lately so um so heather we we talked about gwenpool um and you know you've helped develop a number of well-known characters and comics in your career and one of them um, is and I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, so tell me if I pronounce it uh, right or not. But Black Chrysanthemum, close Black Chrysanthemum, Black Chrysanthemum. Thank you very much. Yes. Uh, so you helped develop Black Chrysanthemum, and recently this character was introduced in the Star Wars Cinematic Universe in the book of Boba Fett. So I was wondering, what was it like seeing a brand new character that you helped create being shown on the big screen in the world of Star Wars? It was like crazy i i don't even i don't even know because like i had i had no idea what was happening you know there's mm-hmm. a, a bunch of the characters you know we we know we know they're gonna show up eventually somewhere <laughs> um you know we're gonna see triple zero and bt somewhere at some point we know like dr afro she's all over games and and she's gonna appear in something that's like we know but we just don't know what or when or right. how um you mean they don't send you an email, just a heads up, Heather, we're going to use. <laughs> no, no, they don't. But I do wake up to all of my friends in England with like texts. <laughs> Have you watched it yet? <laughs> so, um, but, uh, but yeah, so, you know, it, it, it was crazy. It was, I, I, I don't know how 
to fully explain like how it feels and and like he was such a small part of that show and and you know I was such a small part of him um coming to be but like to still see like one of my babies like in a live action show and pronounced you know that's his name and like Mm -hmm. his his costume was down like it they got it 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 was it and and uh was it as it uh carrie jones like he like got it and and like listening to his interview at celebration he's like no i studied the comics and i studied his poses and i wanted you know i wanted to give the readers like everything like Mm. just like i like (laughs) i cried i like teared up i i was having like such a hard time emotionally processing it that day to the point where i'm like man if dr afra ever shows up in anything i need to take like a week off because i don't (laughs) think I think, you know, or Gwen, like if she ever shows up, like I'm going to be catatonic. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be able to like handle it. I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah. You don't think you'd get a phone call from Feige and he'd be like, Hey, we're going to use Gwen. I would imagine that at some point there's going to be a character. They're going to say, look, this is a motion caption character. This is what we're going to have you doing. And this is who you're playing. And then when you see, when they see themselves on screen, they have no it's, idea. The, yeah. It, yeah. It's like the, wait a second. I thought you said I was playing this person and it's, it's somebody completely different. Well, I mean, it's like, it's like, what was it in, in multiverse of madness when they had the scene with the Illuminati, like it was like Elizabeth Olsen literally had no clue who she was killing oh, okay. or seeing in that scene. Like li- she had no idea. And so, right. you know, there was that, um, that, uh, vanity fair video that came out where they show her a picture of John Krasinski and she's just like, I've never met that man in my <laughs> life. And everyone's like, but Dr. Strange. And it's like, no, she literally did it. They were not on set the same day. <laughs> like, right. The magic, the magic of filmmaking. I know. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, like Sean was, was saying uh, about uh, Black Chrysanthemum and Gwenpool, but some of the other things that you've worked on, especially with the Star Wars universe and now with Star Trek, you, you've been the steward of some, some fairly classic characters and um, you get to play in, in a well-established sandbox. That being said, not everyone is going to love what you do. How, how do you combat the, the toxic and negative corners um, of fandom? And and what advice would you give to somebody that would that uh, uh, you know to wanting to pursue a career in comics and in dealing with that, especially in our our social media age? Yeah, um, I mean, you know, it doesn't matter who you are; it doesn't matter what you work on. People are assholes, and they're going to be <laughs> dicks on the internet. Like that's just you know. Um, that sounds like a great name for. A podcast. <laughs> Dicks, on the Dicks on the internet. I'm sure it exists. Um, but uh, yeah, like it's we've reached this point, and I and I just like I was talking about this online last week. We've reached this point where you know it's cool to be an asshole, right? And like that's kind of always been the case, but like now it's we've monetized being assholes on the internet, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of these people are, well, I'm just joking and it's just all in good fun and whatever, except the other half of that joke isn't in on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I say like, there's don't, don't accept criticism from anyone you would never go to for advice. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think that's like a pretty 
general rule I live by. Like, why am I accepting this from someone that like literally is a picture of a monkey, you know, that Mm -hmm. (laughs) goes by all Roman numerals on the internet. Like I know, (laughs) like why, who are you? Like, why, why should I take that? Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dirty Dave, seven, 18, (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And look, it, it's, it's easier said than done. Right. Because a lot of times like we as creators have these insecurities and we put our stuff out there because we want people to like it and we want people to connect with it. And, and, you know, our creations are an extension of ourselves. So it, it can be very, very difficult to, especially when starting out, not take things um, close to home. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it's a cliche, but it, it's, it's a cliche for a reason. Like don't read the comments. Like one of the best choices I ever did very early on in my career is I deleted all push notifications from my phone. I don't get any Twitter notifications, Facebook, Instagram, like any social media. I don't get any notifications to my phone. Mm -hmm. Um, because that way I know that when I click on the app to open the app, like I am making an active choice to look at whatever's on there, you know, that is, and that is me like giving myself, taking back some sort of control in that, you know? And, um, I also like, I ain't got time for that. If I see shit, if you're starting shit, got you're done Bye. blocked, <laughs> muted, whatever it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care. <laughs> like, and, and like, you just, you know, you got to kind of build that, that, that thick skin and also that attitude of like, you know, not everyone's going to like you, but know that you're a badass anyway. So it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, yeah, like, I just, I don't have life's too short for all this negative bullshit. So you don't get to be a part of it. Mm It's kind of my attitude. That's great. It's great advice. I, I will say that I think that's spot on, especially like the, the part about don't accept criticism from somebody you wouldn't go to for advice um, because like in the, in the role that, that I play in my day job, I'm in a bit of a leadership role and I've, I've been, people have been critical and sometimes anonymously have been critical of the way that I do things. And my first, my first thought is always like, do you want to do it? Like this, this thing that nobody in, in our, in our uh, environment wants to do, like, would you like to take the responsibility for it? And like, it, it, it took, it took about two years. I've finally gotten to the point where like, I've just. Like, like I said, like, I know I'm a badass. So like, I don't don't have to, I don't have to accept this. (laughs) So switching gears a little bit. um, So currently for IDW and image comics, you have a couple of series that you're working on that you're very excited about. Uh, One of them is crashing. Number one that goes on sale September, but people can solicit requests now. And Rogue's gallery. Number one goes on sale in July. And we want to know, can you tell us a little bit more about what these series are about and anything interesting or anything behind the scenes or making about them that you'd like to share with us? Yeah. So uh, kind of segueing from our previous conversation, I'll talk about Rogue's Gallery first. Uh, Rogue's mm-hmm. Gallery, which um, is on sale, oh, God, what's the, the 20th? I think it's uh, the uh, Wednesday right of Comic-Con of San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um is actually uh, a kind of a social commentary on toxic fandom and, and, you know, toxic fandom gone too far in this series. Mm-hmm. We have like a CW esque superhero show that ends up getting, you know, that the fans are hating on. They're like, Oh, this show sucks because of this actress. We hate her. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. The shows it's not like the comics, whatever. It's too woke. 
And then she quits the show and the show gets canceled. And they're really pissed off that the show that they hate is getting canceled because <laughs> the girl that they didn't want on the show is no longer on the show. <laughs> um, where have we heard this before? Uh and so it follows, you know, uh, these guys trying to take their revenge into their own hands, uh, for better or for worse. And mm-hmm. um, it's a story that I'm like super, super passionate about and I think is super relevant. Um, it's written by Hannah Rose May, and this is her comic book writing debut, but she's uh, an actress and writer in Hollywood. And mm-hmm. um, we have Declan Shelby, Justin Mays, and Shannon Farrell, Haas. I'd say know how on the team. Um, and like, it's even if I wasn't working on it, which obviously I'm biased because I am, but like, it is one of, it's such a f- breath of fresh air mm-hmm. and super fun. And it's a short, quick four issue in and out um, thriller, horror story that if you like comics, if you like superheroes, if you like horror, like it's, it's the perfect comic for you. So mm-hmm. highly, highly, highly recommend it. Please check it out. Spread the word. Um, and then crashing, um, is part of the IDW originals line, mm-hmm. um, that just got announced. And, uh, so this is what I like to say pitch as, um, Gotham central meets house. Mm-hmm. Um, so it follows a, uh, a specialist, a surgeon that can operate on powered people. She's one of the few people in the world who Mm. can do so. Mm -hmm. She also happens to be a recovering addict and she gets caught in between the war of good and bad and um, shenanigans ensue. And it is also a comic book writing debut um, from my good friend, Matthew Klein um, with art by Morgan Beam. uh, Colors also by Triona Farrell, (laughs) actually, (laughs) and lettered by... Haas, uh, there's some crossover there. Um, so there hey, you, you go. You got to keep your friends working. I do. It's true. You, you do have to. Um, no, it's when you find reliable creators, mm-hmm. you, you stick with them. So, um, but yeah, so that one comes out. It'll be out in time for New York Comic Con. So um, definitely check it out. Pre-order. Um, give the creators a thumbs up on the internets and hopefully you'll enjoy them. Yeah, definitely will. <laughs> um, we have some uh, listener questions. Before I get to that, though, on, on social media, it, you have a love for penguins. I do. And uh, we were hoping that you could tell us a little bit, bit about why. Because I love them. <laughs> I, I, I got to ask this. Are you, are you a hockey fan by chance? Oh, I don't like the penguin hockey team. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> I don't like them. I was just no, curious. Oh, I, I'm, the reason- from, I'm from Michigan, so I'm Red Wings. Oh, so gotcha. Red Wings, we do not like the Penguins. <laughs> <laughs> I, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and the, the reason why I asked is because my brother-in-law loves the Pittsburgh Penguins because he loves Penguins too. So I was just kind of curious uh, if that was, yeah. if that was a, a similar experience for you as well too. But if you're yeah, if you're from Michigan, I think it's you know it's required that you have to be a Detroit Red Wings fan. So I get that. Yes, it's it's the number one question I get all the time. I'm like, oh, you like the Penguins? And I'm like, that is the one Penguins that I I don't. That is those are the ones that I vehemently do not like. Yeah. Um, with a with a passion, it is in my DNA. <laughs> I live too far south to understand hockey. Um, well, we you just have the Dallas Stars there. Yeah, though. yeah, but the that's stars. see. I live outside of Houston. We're not yeah. allowed to like stuff from Dallas. And oh, um, okay. This far south, the only thing we use ice for is tea. So um, <laughs> yep. it's like a rule. Like yeah. they would be like, "You're squandering our resources with your with your hockey game." <laughs> um, <laughs> 
But see, the, the penguins thing is, is just like a like something that you like attached to. Yeah, I love penguins. I don't know, like they're just so cute and make me so happy, and they're the best in the world. It's like Kristen Bell with sloths. Like I just I love <laughs> penguins so much. Sean, do you have a favorite animal like that? Honestly, uh, sea turtles. I absolutely love sea turtles, especially. Um, the ones that they, they live forever. Yeah, they live forever. And and uh, some of the ones that you see in the Caribbean are like huge. Like they're bigger than me. I'm I'm six foot six, by the way, Heather. In case mm-hmm. you probably didn't know that, but like they're huge. And I just I, I just find them like just really fascinating. Just to kind of watch them swim around and and just being all that. So yeah, for me, it's it's sea turtles. Like I just absolutely love sea turtles. So naturally, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is one of my favorite fandoms i like to be a part of as well too for that reason but yeah for me it's sea turtles and, and i'm 5'8 heather um the, the because like we're just saying how swim sean they don't yeah that's swim. true sean they, unless the sewers do they swim i mean they i, I know in in the teenage ninja turtles 2 they like floated when they were um, attacked by the super shredder there and all that, but I mean, I, I think they, I really think it should could've. be teenage mutant ninja tortoises. <laughs> like if you want to get down to those it, those are like those. Those would be like like army battle type of turtles you have because they're just their shells are just so husky, like they're so big and husky that that's like you know galactic war that you would have to bring those in on. Plus, they'd be really slow, so they their ninja skills would probably not be as great. <laughs> True. Yeah, uh, my my animal. I have a toss up between pandas and koalas. Okay. Like bear adjacent. Don't really do much besides sit around and eat all day. Um, the dream. Yeah. Well, and then like kung kung fu panda, especially because like uh, because he's adopted like into a into a different family, and that's a a, a bit of my story. Um, mm-hmm. kung, kung fu panda three is hard for me to watch because like. Um, he finds his real dad and his real dad, like he, he's got two dads that love him. And uh, I don't have the, I don't have a real dad that loves me, but, um, but, but the, 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 it speaks to me. Plus I, they're so cuddly. The internet will be <laughs> your real dad. Well, I mean, I have a dad. I mean, he's, he's, my, he's my dad. It's just like, you know, he's a goose yeah. and I'm a panda. So my, my real dad, I'm sorry, my, my dad, my adopted dad, my stepdad for the last 30 years, he's from Mexico. So like when when we're together, he's like, this is my son. People are like, for real. And so like we don't look like each other. And that's why that's why it, it speaks to me. I should have I should have um, clarified that. It makes more sense now. <laughs> <laughs> so we asked some of our listeners, um, you know, if they have any questions for you. And we had Dan from TikTok said that he is very excited regarding the recent slate of new original series. And we know that you talked about a couple of them already. Um, but he wants to know one that you are most excited for. Um, and if it's one of the ones that we talked about crashing or rogues gallery, um, maybe there's another one that you're excited for that, that we could uh, talk about here as well too. Yeah. I definitely want to talk about a book called earth divers. Okay. Um, that I'm really, really, really excited about. Mm -hmm. Uh, it is, um, it, so the story is Earth Divers unites four indigenous survivors in an apocalyptic future as they embark on a bloody one-way mission to save the world mm-hmm. by killing Christopher Columbus. Oh, uh, <laughs> that sounds good. In the good. future, they kill Christopher Columbus in the no, future? No, so they travel back in time okay. to kill. So you have four Native Americans who go back in time to save the world by killing Christopher Columbus and prevent the creation of America. 
That, so, that sounds dope. Yeah. And it's written by Stephen Graham Jones, um, who's a horror novelist uh, and Native American. Um, and it's being drawn by David Gianfelice, who is an Italian artist, which I just think oh, is very. Yeah. Um, and, and we need to get a Spaniard in there in some way, shape or form. I don't know how. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so that's one. Uh, I think I can't remember what month exactly it comes out this fall, but um, I'm really, 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 really excited about that one. Um, What's it called again? Uh, Earth Divers. Earth Divers. Mm-hmm. Um, that which is like, yeah, four Native Americans going back in, in time to kill Christopher Columbus. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what more do you need? Oh, I think I think it comes out on Indigenous Peoples Day. I think I think they have it oh, come great. out like that week. So perfect. Yeah. Um, so yeah, highly highly recommend that one. That's awesome. I mean, and you know, I I love hearing about these because just like what you said, Heather, we grew up with, you know, the big two putting out superhero comics all the time that and I'll say this for myself. I'm sure Kevin probably say the same thing as well, too. But since we started doing the show, we've been uh, talking to people on the show about their work and they're doing, um, you know, really unique and different stories. That's not, you know, superhero genre, but they're so good and so fascinating that that's what I've been enjoying about doing this podcast show is getting to know more about the different kinds of comics that are out there other than just a superhero one. And this is just a, a example of like a fascinating story that makes a lot of sense and is really exciting to have in a comic book form. And I think, you know, this is one of the things that I want to make sure that I tell people about is that, you know, comic books, yes, there are the, you know, traditional superheroes, but there are a lot of great stories that's being told in comics. They should check out. And they're very fascinating and very exciting. And, and our hope is just to be able to, you know, kind of help spread that word and let people know that, you know, just what we talked about, there are comics for everybody out there. And, and this is just a great example of that. So I, I'm very excited about that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I I would, I would uh, echo that sentiment. Like three years into this, uh, I'm probably more likely to read something non-superhero at this point than I am um, the superhero stuff. And I still get excited for, for, you know, Marvel and DC superheroes and, and other stuff. But like, Mm-hmm. I like I I like good stories and um it doesn't matter like how that that story is told I I like all all sorts of genres. Um horror comics still is a bit of a like you know and like a, when you watch a movie and you it's, it's scary you can close your eyes for a second and react <laughs> like man you have to keep your eyes open to read the words on the page and you can throw it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like you have to see it and when you're reading it you have to see it in order to like get, like I know that that thing jumped out of me at, at the move at the movie theater but like I don't I don't need to so this is how I learned Kevin different. has not read a lot of my comics because I do a lot of horror comics. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a scaredy cat. <laughs> I'm a scaredy cat. Um, Heather, when, when we have guests on uh, the show, we, we started this a few, a few years ago where we surprised somebody with a game. Um, and that's because we were not as great about writing questions at the time, but it's become um, one of the things that we do and it's become a lot of fun. So we wanted to play a game with us. And um, I hit up the Twitterverse for hashtag explain a plot badly. So what I want to do is I'm going to give you guys a plot of some sort of fandom, whether it be, um, you know, movie or comic or Saturday morning cartoon. Uh, mm-hmm. And then see if you can guess it. Um, see if you can guess it. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll keep score. I'll, I'll put you against Sean. Sounds good. 
I'm so nervous. Okay, don't be nervous. <laughs> don't be nervous. Um, I'll I'll give you first crack at it. So um, you can you can guess if you don't get this right, Sean. Uh, Sean can go. Uh, he can try to steal. Okay, there's eleven of these. That it goes pretty fast, so it'll be over before you before you know it. Okay. Um, the first one: an awkward love triangle between a teenage girl, a 100 year old guy, and a dog. <laughs> I don't know. I'll read it one more time: an awkward love triangle between a teenage girl, a 100 year old guy, and a dog. I'm terrible under pressure. I've got nothing. Sean, do you have a guess? Twilight. It is Twilight. (laughs) (laughs) They're all going to make so much sense after the fact. Oh, yeah. I'm (laughs) so bad at this. All right. Sean, I'll let you go first on this one because those are the rules, but you are winning one to nothing. Okay. Crack military unit fights a group of bad guys made up of people from the goth metal punk rock scene who worship a snake. Wait, say that again. A crack military unit fights a group of bad guys made up of people from the goth metal punk rock scene who worship a snake. I have no idea. <laughs> Heather, you want to try to steal? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. This is not my foray. <laughs> okay, so that one is G.I. Joe. Oh, I've never, I've never, I know nothing about you. Okay. Somebody's going to get this next one. I promise. Okay. okay? (laughs) All right. A coming of age story about four teenage boys who play in the sewer. Oh, is it Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? It is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. (laughs) Heather's on the board. (laughs) All right. It's tied one to one. I only knew that because we talked about them so much in this. It was already on my brain. Still counts. Still counts. All right, Sean, this is for you. Mm -hmm. A single mother must fight to protect her children from a group of violent invaders aboard an abandoned spaceship. A what kind of mother? A single mother. A single mother must fight to protect her children from a group of violent invaders aboard an abandoned spaceship. Oh my god! I have no idea. <laughs> Heather, you want to take a crack at it? Let's say it one more time. <laughs> a single mother must fight to protect her children from a group of violent invaders aboard an abandoned spaceship. I'll give you guys a hint: the single mother is not the hero of the story. No idea. Uh, I don't know. It's aliens. That's what I was like. It's either aliens or predator, but I couldn't. I couldn't. Which one? You, yeah, you should have guessed it. It's I knew, aliens. I knew it was one of those. Wait, so, okay. So Ripley's the single mother. No, the, the no, queen the creature, alien. the alien. Oh, okay. That's, That's why, I've... but I couldn't remember oh. which which plot line is which movie is which. <laughs> I haven't watched Alien in such a long time that it didn't even register for me to think of it that way. <laughs> John, I'm going to take a when this comes out on video. I'm going to take a this portion and make it your reaction to that a gif because <laughs> the way that your face was like. Oh. <laughs> uh, it was classic. All right, Sounds Heather, good. this next one's for you. Okay. A diverse group of friends spend nine hours returning jewelry. That's my guess. The 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 blank look of confusion. <laughs> no, the. Okay. That's my guess. Okay, it is not. <laughs> no, damn. <laughs> what about you, Sean? Do you got a guess? 
Diverse group of friends spend nine hours returning jewelry. Uh, spend nine hours returning. Is that like Avengers Endgame or something like that? Like the Infinity Stones? No, that is close though. It's a good guess. That's a is good really? guess. Yeah. That's a good guess. The nine hours thing is what's tripping me up. It's like that's a very specific number. Yeah, but that movie was Okay, well <laughs> you guys are on the right track. It's it's Lord of the Rings. Oh, oh. duh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. Sean, this one this one's gonna go to you. Oh uh, a renowned loner <laughs> I learns hate to all of this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <So much. laughs> a renowned loner learns to love a girl without her magical Instagram filter. A re- a renowned loner? loner. Loner, like he lives alone. Okay. Learns to love a girl without her magical Instagram filter. Oh, is this a uh, she's all that or he's all that? That is incorrect. Okay. <laughs> my brain immediately went to shallow hell but i know it's not that no this person lives alone in a swamp oh shrek <laughs> yeah, that's correct <laughs> that is correct it is shrek <laughs> heather takes the lead two to one you <laughs> get one and a half okay. <laughs> she's ahead she's a hair by a hair but also that is bad because he didn't love her without the filter. <laughs> I was, I was um, just going to say full transparency. Like even with that hint, like I still had no idea. <laughs> so, so, so okay, that's get the right. two I points. got it right away. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You should get that. <laughs> number, number seven uh, for Heather, a paranoid okay. billionaire becomes increasingly obsessed with an immigrant. Oh, uh, 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 Batman v Superman? That is correct. <laughs> that is correct. I've never even seen that. <laughs> but, but the marketing worked then because you, you got it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, Sean, this is, you got to get this to stay in the game. Okay. All right. Cancer survivor loses his girlfriend, but never loses his sense of humor. Loses his girlfriend, but never his sense of humor. Sense of humor. I have no idea. Nothing's coming up for me. Is, is, it, is it that movie with Joseph Gordon Lovett? No, that that's that is a no? good guess, but no. Okay, then I don't know. It's it's Deadpool. Oh. Uh, <laughs> See, that makes sense afterwards, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I think I was I was thinking when I hear cancer survivor, I think like they beat cancer. Because so technically Technically, he didn't survive it. He still has. Well, he's he's living with it. Yeah, <laughs> living with it and surviving are two different things. <laughs> no, I yeah. think surviving it is is different than thriving with it. <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely. This is so dark. <laughs> uh, yeah, because like that's how when people ask me how I'm doing. Like that's my that's my go to thing. Surviving, like, not I'll thriving. Say I'm sur- <laughs> if I'm doing well, I'll say I'm thriving. If I if I'm not, I'll be like I'm surviving. All yeah. right, um, all right, that's fair. <laughs> number nine for Heather. Uh, wisecracking boiler technician teaches high school kids to believe in their dreams. Oh, anything with a boiler technician. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Sean, would you like to take a guess? 
Heather, you're big into horror. I would think that you would um, maybe maybe know this. Oh, one. is this um, a, a, a nightmare? Nightmare on Elm Street. That is correct. It is a nightmare yeah. on Elm Street. Oh. He is a boiler. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I just like that he teaches so, high school kids to believe in their no, dreams. No, no, no. It's like the funniest as, thing. As soon as he said horror, yeah, I, I got it. Okay. Uh, that makes sense now, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've right. seen that one before. I've seen that one before. Sean, here's a, here's one for you. Yeah. A beautiful princess gets magically catfished. A beautiful princess gets magically catfished. Mm-hmm. Do you need me to define catfish for you? No. Okay. My losing streak is just continuing. Like nothing is just like a real, like she's, I can't emphasize how beautiful she is. Okay. A beautiful princess gets magically catfished. I mean, it's just like, uh, like I I just keep thinking like princess and the frog or something like that. That's a close guess. That's close. You're going to punch yourself in the face. I'm I'm sure I will. Yeah. Is it Aladdin? It is Aladdin. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Champion! <laughs> uh, that is true. Heather can't lose now, but I got one more. Let's just see if you um, you oh, can get it, Heather. Okay. Um, I'm not. A, dis- but- <laughs> a displaced teenager. A displaced teenager murders a woman of color for a pair of sparkling shoes. Um, uh, Wizard of Oz. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> it, I, I thought about leading off with that one because I knew it would be an easy one to get, but I was like, "That's really dark for the yeah. first one." Yeah. So let's end on how dark it is. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. You did yeah. great. Both of you did fine. Uh, Heather, you take the you take the championship on that one. And, and Heather has been like our most enthusiastic winner as well too. Like when <laughs> when other people won, they're like, "Oh, that's great." You like did the arms up like the yes. <laughs> yes. I'm so high right now. I'm gonna go run a marathon. We, we're going to we're going to get like an actual physical trophy and like send it to you now. Yes. <laughs> yes. Or at least, a, at least, like a participation, like a I'll certificate. Be so excited! Yeah. It'll be my new profile photo, just me and like. Oh, that'd be awesome! I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make one tonight, and then I will um, post it on Twitter for you. Like Perfect. I'll tag you in Twitter. And like, yes, I'm here for it. Thank you for coming on the show with us today and sharing uh, with us about your journey in comics. Before we let you go, can you tell our listeners where they can find you and your work online? Yeah, um, pretty easy. You can find me at, at Heather Antos on all the things. That is just my name, H-E-A-T-H-E-R-A-N-T-O-S. That is going to wrap up another episode of The Caption Life. We hope that you enjoyed listening. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button on whatever major podcast platform you listen to. You can also follow us on social media at Caption Life. And if you like what we're doing, give us a shout out, tag us in a post. For more info about us and all of our previous episodes, please visit thecaptionlife.com. Until next time, see ya. Peace out.